all and welcome to a whole new year of the going rogue gaming podcast can you believe it we've done this podcast for two years now aren't incredible we're just we're podcast veterans we are we're indomitable just yeah just keep getting all this great content out there into the world really that's that's the way that we should do it is just start any like major thing on december 31st and then the next instance of we've been doing this for two years we're experts at it already i feel like you do have to be more specific though you do have to say i've been doing this in two years and then they're like wait what over the span of two years over the span perfect Mm. yes oh and even better starting it at the at the end and starting of a decade so you can say oh yeah i've been doing this like over the course of a decade yes yes really really milk it uh well thank you for joining us in year two of grog pod uh i i am your uh god uh with like <laughs> who are you uh well I'm trying, I? To, I'm trying to go into a, a very distinct british accent and then it kind of fell apart there after a second but i'm i'm central command of the podcast scott burger and i'm joined with my two agents who have gone rogue Oh, I forgot all our names. This was like a week ago. Uh, the cyborg man thing with its really low voice, and he's all deadly and super serious about killing things. I could no. be the AI. <laughs> That's that, your AI voice. Yeah, sure. Oh my beep god, beep boop. I you're, am, you're, am, a, you're a D and D dungeon master. <laughs> wow, this well, is incredible. AI. Well, that's Welcome the thing with D and D voices is invisible like ink. all of the Abelia or whatever her name is. International. No, that's an agent, you fool. Did you even play this game? Did you did you even rack up as many hard cutting hours as Colin and I did here? Yeah. The, the two experts. Mm-hmm. Uh yes. we're <laughs> we're here to talk about uh Invisible Inc. Uh released, developed and published by Clay Entertainment. You might know them from other games that they've developed of note. Mark of the Ninja, a very high quality game. I uh, recommend checking that one out. Uh, and several uh, stay tuned and a halves of Crypt of the Nefkur Dancer, Don't Starve, and recently released Grifflands, all all on our uh, to do list at some point. Don't Starve. Yeah, yeah. Just, I, I mean, have Grifflands start... is uh, on my list, but like Don't Starve is another like that's. Uh, I didn't realize they were connected. Well, this is where again, like. People will write in with hate mail uh, about, oh, this, you know, is this game, you know, roguelike, yes or no? Uh, but because of the intentionally uh, crazy wide uh, trawling net that we've thrown overboard, uh, gems like Don't Starve are going to going to get caught up in that net. So uh, keep an eye out for for those coming down the pipe. Uh, as I feel we... like Don't Starve is a pretty roguelike game. You definitely do runs of it. You definitely. Actually, it's a rope lights <laughs> game. Uh, <laughs> fine. Actually, it's a deck builder. No. Um, Invisible Ink released May 12th, 2015. Uh, you can find it on Steam, Mac, Linux, PS4, and iPad. Uh, and this cranks in at uh, the 130th most uh, popular roguelike that we have in our data set at 5,183 total reviews, cranking it at the 96th percentile. Will. What's a one sentence description of what one does in this game? You only have one sentence to write out before the guards are about to capture you. What are you going to send to central command 
about the description here? I'm going to say it's a tactics-based game that looks a lot like XCOM, but with one-fifth the content and some new ideas. That sounds... It's a lot shorter, and it's a lot shorter, so it is intended to be played more than once. You're not wrong in that it's it's very XCOM-y, but the key distinction here is that A, you're not killing aliens, and B... I feel like this game really puts you more into a non-killing attitude right out the gate. Is that true? <laughs> oh, well, maybe you. <laughs> I think I only killed one person in my entire playthrough. Hmm. I didn't even have a lethal. I never even had a lethal weapon. I just had the the auto turrets kill a guy once. But I mean, I only played on on easy mode, so maybe maybe that becomes less viable as you uh, progress through the difficulties and whatnot. No, you're right, those guys. Like in general, like yeah, uh, killing was highly like it, you were punished for doing that, and so trying to just knock people out or avoid them was generally what the game wanted you to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, this this game is super interesting because I've played I've played I don't know I've, uh, it's twenty. 20 hours is not a lot of XCOM, but I think that's how much I've put. Yeah, I know your, your expression is, is <laughs> of disgust there, but uh, I, I have, I've put, so that's how much time I put into XCOM. I'll just be upfront and blunt about it. Uh, possibly also another stay tuned if this game makes it on the list. Uh, but like the, the difference here, I think is that it's much more stealth focus. The, the theme here is much more noir, a lot more like hacking, uh, like espionage, um, and and yeah, I think that like there's there's definite parallels that we'll get into, but yeah, um, XCOM, by which we mean, uh, you know, for the ten people who are listening to this that have never played XCOM before, it's a turn-based, uh, squad-based game that you are sending your your units out into the field to go about and secure some objective and we have multiple of these kinds of different objectives here in invisible ink um but once you have that objective cleared then you got to get back you got to get back home uh, i think that's the case with xcom right you go you, do you always have to get back to your ship no no xcom is way more varied in that regard and it's not and there's like interior, exterior missions. There's different aliens. There's random events that happen. It's much more, yeah. Like I, that's that's what I say. Like a lot more content in general. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I had I to like look. There's up. a lot. There's a lot more content, but I do feel like XCOM has a more limited scope in how you achieve those aims. Like it's figure out all the different ways you could murder the aliens, um, <laughs> or yeah, you do have to kill them all in general. Yeah. Versus this, I felt like maybe it's not that it actually, maybe Invisible doesn't actually have that many more options on how you achieve your mission, but it's definitely a different way to achieve it than XCOM. Like, I I feel like this is not an XCOM clone in any way. What? It's a very similar game in terms of, like, it uses, a, like, a tactics-style uh, approach, but... You've got the way that they do engagements with people, like your goal is never to be seen mm -hmm. versus something like XCOM. I mean, sure, not being seen is a 
a good thing, but then it's to like pop out and kill them all as fast as you can. Uh, I feel like just the way you move around the map is a lot more, it felt more like a little chess puzzle or a, a, like a like a movement puzzle than something like, like XCOM. What, where... what about the overworld though? The overworld is almost a carbon copy. But, uh, oh, you mean like sure. so? So yeah, I guess a little bit, a little bit about this game. Um, Invisible Ink. You first boot it up. I think this game has a really great intro sequence and like a very good. It doesn't have like an explicitly uh, um, buried away like click here for tutorial menu. Like your first quote unquote mission in the game is the tutorial. Like okay, agent, and it's it's couched very, uh, very much in the theme of the game, which I like a lot. Where it's like okay, agent, uh, you know our our. Central command has been compromised. We need to get you out of there. In order to get you out of there, you have to right-click over here to get to the door and then open the door. Uh, right, which, yeah. Which I'm I'm glad that, like, it kind of spells it out all for me because I'm like, okay, like, I've it's been a while since I played an XCOM game. Um, I like that they're kind of showing me what all the buttons do and explaining it, but doing so, you know, very much within the theme of the game and, you know, like... Oh my God! Clock is you know the clock is ticking. We gotta get our agent out of there. And like, okay, now I know what what like the incentive and you know what the what the call to action is. Um, and it really gives you a nice little picture of like, okay, this is the package of each little mission that you're gonna do. And it's obviously very stripped down, but but this is like the overall stuff of it. Um, and you start with with your uh, your Blade Runner reference character uh, Decker uh, with the trench coat hmm. and, and trilby, which. Uh, is I think he's super fascinating as a stealth stealth thing to start with, um, but you unlock more characters as as you go about. And like Will was saying, you know, you, you go through this tutorial mission, you get some story dump stuff, which is very very good and thematic. Um, and you come to like this world world select screen that just kind of looks like you know the the over well it's a it's a Mercator projection of a globe. You know, it's a flat two D. Here's all the countries. Um, and the story is your central command has been overrun. Uh, I guess we're supposed to be like an MI6 type deal. Uh, and we are, or, or maybe even like uh, the, uh, impossible, the impossible mission force. I feel like we're like ISIS, the ISIS from, uh, oh, what's the show? Archer. Where that we're yeah. like our own weird independent secret agency, but... Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess more competent than them, but uh, yeah, like our own weird side force in a world ruled by corporations. So all all the corpos infiltrated the true MI6, and we're like the the rebel infiltrator secret agency. Corpos, yeah, so it's like 20, 2076 or twenty seventy four. I think was like the you know twenty seventy seven cyber cyber infiltrator. Yeah, I mean they have teleporters <laughs> and cybernetic stuff, and, mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah, I think the theme here is is pretty dope. I think like the way that the developers, I I heard them once describing it as like if um if like the noir era from like the '60s like kept evolving into like the '2070s era, I'm like okay, that's like that's like a good way to put it. And I can almost see like fashion trends like in the '2070s, like the the '60s noir stuff coming back into fashion with big trench coats. Uh, but yeah, like you come to this this overworld map screen, and that's basically like your your mission select menu, and you have a bunch of these different kind of missions that you want to do, and that's your your sort of like um, we're coming back to XCOM, but you know your XCOM guide of like okay, I want to go from South Africa over to 
the Middle East and do this mission over here. Um, but the major story hook is that your your AI that you have rescued from your home base uh, is running out of power, and you gotta you gotta go and get more power for it. And you're you know running out of time. You, you have a ticking clock to do all these missions and rescue your rogue agents and stuff um, before the before the corpos get you. Um, I haven't made it super far through the story myself, so I don't know for sure where where it's quite going but where i've gotten so far is well, how many hours how many hours through are you in the the in-game clock oh in-game clock uh 72 hours when you start i think i've i think i've gotten like 48 hours or so through okay but like actual play time three days i think you get three days is that right is but, it yeah and this is a non-spoiler but that clock doesn't matter at all yeah, like that clock, like it's just eight missions basically, and like huh. so the the fact that they have the clock ticking down there is just purely a gimmick, and I'm not Wait, sure. Not like true. that's not true. You can get more missions than you than eight. Like, like, give you like, an, there's a time there's a time between different spaces, and it I mean, but like on, so like on average, like it, it makes very little difference because every single time it like it generates like essentially like the same sort of distances away from you. You're not going to find a tight cluster of like enough missions that would like significantly change so maybe it's not eight exactly maybe it's like seven to nine or something like that but it's like a pretty yeah the timer doesn't really i'm i'm curious i didn't actually test this but if you just sat there and let it tick down does it actually just go to nothing and you like and then just like pulls you into the end game without like you having done anything i mean i would hope that it just makes you lose like that would be the correct like this isn't that kind of game you just lose yeah, I'm sure someone's tested that. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll look it up here while we're while you're talking here. Just turns into an idle game. Um, yeah, like uh, so from this this main menu screen, you have a bunch of different missions that you can select from going and and th- I think these determine the type of um, thing like ultimate thing that you're hunting for in um, your main mission mode. Uh, so you have things like going and finding new weapons or going and finding new like cybernetic augmentations or unlocking new uh, agents to to swap out from. Um, I think like, yeah, so you you select one of those and then you get some story beats here and there from your central command uh, mission handler and you know your uh, your arms dealer guy chips in every every once in a while with some witty quips. but it eventually teleports you into this randomly generated um, zone of office buildings, I guess is the way to put it, uh, that have all sorts of things with guards patrolling and uh, patrolling robots and security cameras and listening devices and all of this good stuff in there to really kind of keep you on your toes. And so your ultimate goal is like, okay, you know, I've, I've teleported in here with two or three or four agents or so. Um, I need to puzzle my way through this uh, randomly generated floor of an office building uh, to get to my mission objective and then figure out where the the exit teleporter is and beam out. Ideally, without letting any of your agents die. But I don't think I... (laughs) This is another time where I've been playing the game on, like, incredibly easy mode, and I'm not sure if that's been to my benefit or if, like, if the real game is, like, you know, you have to experience it on like normal or hard difficulty, but this like, I've been pretty impressed with how strategically deep the game has been, even on like super noob easy di- uh, difficulty mode. Yeah, really, I, I thought it was. 
Oh, uh, I, I think ahead, the, the, yeah, the beginner is the way to start. Cause like, there's a lot of like nuance to like, that you have to learn before you're able to do the higher levels, which is like things that they don't teach you in the tutorial, which is like, if you're, if you're someone spots you, you need to know that you're able to step in certain directions and just walk out of it versus mm-hmm. like walking into, a, a, you know, inside their vision and getting shot. And there's like nuance to like when and when you cannot do that. And so, and like, yeah. when can you actually hide behind something? Cause it looks like you're standing in plain view, but because it's got that symbol there, you're actually <laughs> hidden. And that was like the, oh, okay. That didn't really line up with my expectations, but now I know and I can abuse that mechanic. And so right. in the beginner mode, you learn all that stuff. And then you, I think you should just jump to like the expert mode, which is how it's meant to be played. And yeah. That's kind of, I, I, I did the progression. Been, be- beginner mode gives you a little bit of flexibility in terms of like rewinding a turn, which I found very useful for, there were a couple of times where I didn't, I, I like two or three turns in a row did a move and then put myself in a spot and like for some other reason, it didn't work the way I expected it to. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I... Like, oh, you, it was a move I didn't see. It's like, oh no, he's standing on, since he's standing on this body, he can't use, he's like pinning his body down, but he can't use his gun at the same time. It's like, well, I don't care as much about the, it's like, I I want it to interact in a different way. It's like, I can't close the door because something's in the way or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or uh, I forgot so, so many times that, they can't move through other people. Deeply right. frustrating to me. That so be like, yeah, oh no, I'll add that to my list of things. You I ended, hate. you ended your turn <laughs> on the square that the door, and now I have to rewind the whole friggin' turn because mm-hmm. I did that first, and every other person can't. Like, I, I think, I guess it'd be hard, but it would have been nice if there was something that was like, can can you redo like a single space of movement? just yeah, like, to, like the, the undo re- button for for just the one unit right right or just like maybe if they had some sort of way of uh telling like oh nothing serious had happened that mattered uh like i guess i understand if it was like oh you can't undo movement for one unit if they died but mm-hmm. it's like oh no they just moved into the door dumb and i couldn't get my other people through i agree that would have been that would have been nice because there were there were several times where it, there's just some frustrating little mechanic where you're like oh oh and now i have to you know waste another turn here because there's or like or get spotted and like have someone down as a result mm-hmm. but yeah. just as a quick note um i did find the answer here um the devs are saying that as for the clock leaving the game running at the map uh screen won't advance your game the clock ticking down is for show i don't <laughs> oh, like that i, I no, do not like me. that hmm Drop so all sense of urgency like, gone. <laughs> and yes. so my, my hunch is that if you actually do let it tick down to zero, it will just sit at zero and then you'll pick a, a, a game or a mission and then you'll come back and then it'll just advance it by some set amount into mm-hmm. the next point. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was going to be pretty high on my list, but now it's down. No, that's yeah. like two or three spots dropped there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, I was glad that I did it. Uh, I... I think that, it, yeah, I, I, playing out on the easy mode was a good starter thing. Uh, next time I play it, I'll definitely play it on expert mode. Um, but I, I will say that, so I did I did beat it the one time through on beginner mode. And I was like, cool, I'm ready to unlock the new content. I'm ready to go on to the next mission thing. Mm-hmm. And I am a little disappointed that there's just the one campaign. Um, well, there's an endless mode too, right? Yeah, but there's no extra story for it. Mm. Uh, 
And like, there's not that much story content in there. I don't feel like it would be particularly difficult to just be like, oh, cool, we did this thing. Mm. Um, now let's, I mean, if you wanted to like go back in time and be like, oh, let's play through some of the other hijinks that we've gotten into on various mm. other times. Like, even if it was just like very light fluff content to do something else would have been nice trying to then go through and do like you're doing the exact same mission again and it or campaign the, yeah instead of or, yeah exactly the, all sorry. the missions are procedurally generated but yeah the campaign's yeah. the same you're doing the missions again and the missions are are fine procedurally generating those absolutely no problem whatsoever uh like they're not particularly different from each other but they're at least different enough that you can't like memorize the level layout stuff like that uh, but just having like new fluff dialogue as you're flying your your mothership between the different points and having an endpoint being like, cool, we got this one bad guy. Mm. Like you could yeah. do like fluff con fluff. I don't see the fluff stuff. I it doesn't I, I want there to be a real game mechanic associated with that. Which is sure. to say, like, like to just compare it to XCOM again, which I said, like, granted, you know, if the game is meant to be played in 20 hours and you're done with it, that's fine. But like uh, they had the mechanic where like you're building a base too, like, and you have to assign resources to your base. And at, at some point, like there's a, you know, this big epic or, you know, I don't actually, I won't give away too much, but like, you're not, you're trying to build some kind of a, a spacecraft to like intercept and you get, if you can put more resources into it or fewer, and that mm -hmm. determines the outcome of several like big things that are happening. And so those sure. felt like meaningful decisions, whereas there's no meaningful decision at all in the actual selection of the, um, of where you're going because everything converts to, to credits like if you're going to go mm -hmm. like get some loot oh yeah you can convert that to credits or like you're going to use or you can go to another place to just get credits to buy loot or to like it's just like everything is so yep you go Fungible. in right yeah you <laughs> go in you smash you grab and you get out for eight missions and that's and like and they give it the very flowery inconsequential sort of like details and and you're saying you want more of that i'm saying i could do with less of that oh no so what i'm saying i mean i what i'm saying is basically i want a different final mission i want there to be three different mini campaigns where you could have the eight missions that you're leading up to each one they, those could be the same and then at the end it's like well the first one you fight the uh you, you know, you fight the AI, and the second one you fight the uh, the crime boss, and the third third one you fight the uh, the corrupt corpo president or something. And it's, there's just a slightly different objective in each one, and it doesn't even really need to be particularly different. But it definitely realizing that playing the campaign on expert would be literally playing the same campaign mm -hmm. did make me five percent less excited on playing it again like even if it was like we're yeah it's going to be the same thing it's going to have no like it's going to be the most bland story fine at least it's a different bland story mm -hmm. and i don't think it would have been that much effort to make another one make it a new like story you mean yeah yeah like it's, it's a you know you get a couple voice lines acted you swap around the rooms and you color swap them or something like it doesn't really need to be that different uh, and I, I think i think as an example of that just to like take it to like maybe it like a an actual game mechanic that where the, it's a meaningful decision like what you're talking about it'd be like for instance let's say you choose a mission where you're trying to go in and like 
you know, that's the executive and you're trying to steal his intel or whatever. Well, let's say you kidnap the executive and maybe he says he offers you a deal to like betray. And so now <laughs> you can go down a betray route where mm. you're like, you're a mole, work, like pretending to work for them, giving him intelligence. And like, I don't know, like something where there's like, of course, like what's the end game? Like, why would you ever actually want to do that? But like yeah. in Fallout, why would you ever want to blow up that main city? I don't know. Some people just do. Right. So it's just like, <laughs> yeah, give me like some kind of like big decision to like fundamentally change the outcome. Like that would yeah. be. That'd be cool. This game is really a a uh, showcase in a vehicle for its stealth mechanics, yeah, which is totally fine. And I think the stealth mechanics here are, are really good, but it it feels like it's kind of missing something for me. Where like, and granted, I mean, obviously, I, I haven't beaten the game. Uh, I'm I don't know. I guess I would maybe hazard on like two thirds of the way through it on easy mode. So I don't know if I can really make a a sound conclusion here, but like. I was like one of the first things that pops up, you know, when you're uh, starting up the game is, you know, the, the tagline for this is tactical espionage, one word short of tactical espionage action from Metal Gear Solid, if anyone caught that. Uh, and I was like very much getting a Metal Gear Solid feel for this game of there's guards walking around. I got to avoid them getting into a fight. You can fight your way out. That's not the ideal solution. You really want to stealth your way around. But I feel like I was missing some some tools to to get around the guards. Missing like um, you see this in, in stealth games all over now, and I don't know how common this was at the time, but like let me like throw something to distract the guard or make like a sound so that way they can go, hmm, what was that? And distract them away from a certain area so I can move another agent in on another area. Yeah, you didn't play enough then because there were yeah, really you do get are there okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for those so, were not good options, by the way. I, no. it was, it, the best options are always more weapons, essentially, uh, and more yeah. action points. And you always went, well, you went with like a pure violence route, right? Well, it's that not right? that I, I was driven to it because it was like obviously the best because when you once you down someone, you can steal from them. And those mm -hmm. credits are just free credits. And like, if you down someone, you're not penalized. And if you kill someone, then there's a cleanup cost at the end. So you actually lose credits for killing. But like, yeah, if you down someone, there's no penalty except for increase in threat level. And if you're good enough, like threat level doesn't really matter. Like I ended most of my missions at either the maximum threat level or nearly maximum. <laughs> and my yeah. guys were just like, you have enough guns or enough like stun guns. You just go zap, zap, run over here and zap, zap. It's just like invisible now. And then you just run through everyone and get out. And you're just like, I just stole all your stuff down mm -hmm. to everyone. And like, that's the best way to play to get maximized credits to, it's kind of like this a power curve that you can just get ahead of. Yeah, I do wish there was a little bit more. I, I feel like there are other ways that you could play that. Um, I wish that the other ways were rewarded more. Um, like so, Scott, you were saying tactical espionage. I do not feel like there was there was plenty of tactics, but not that much espionage. Yeah, like, maybe that there was like there was a lot of sneaking. Yeah, we, I don't feel like we didn't plant anything. Like that would have been really cool. Is a mission where you have to get in and like replace something. Yeah, we probably would have played out the same way in terms of like what you're actually doing. But it's like, oh, uh, maybe at the end of that mission, how effective your plant was would depend on how unnoticed you were so the goal would be to get through the entirety of the level without downing a single guard mm. and then every guard you downed or did something to or, or threat level that you advanced it that would decrease the effectiveness of the things that you planted something that would reward 
the true stealth approach rather than the like moderate stealth like don't get don't have the guards see that you down their friends kind of thing mm-hmm. I think we need to explain for for listeners too that like this whole uh, like threat level thing that we're talking about is like it's a game mechanic where it just like increases linearly per turn. You like increase like slowly goes up, and as it uh, passes thresholds, I think it's like once every like few turns or something. It like has a major increase where more cameras will turn on or more uh, enemies will enter or they'll take different routes, and so it's supposed to get harder and harder. But right, um, and so th- one of the big side mechanics is you have up to four agents and then you have your ai that's kind of hovering over you and they get basically like mana points to to do hacking protocols and and part of the 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 difficulty of the increased threat is that it makes all of the hacking stuff more difficult so if you get behind that curve it can start being like a the only time that i almost like failed a mission was I tripped a bunch of stuff that made all the hacking costs way higher Hmm. and then couldn't unhack them because it was like also draining my my power to hack stuff. And so I, I I basically failed that mission. I got all my people out, but I did not complete the objective and I did not get any money for it. But luckily, since I'm playing on easy mode, none of my people died and none of my, I, I, I didn't actually need that money desperately to survive but i feel like there's there's a a missing link here between like this game's like superb stealth mechanics uh the the and i i know the answer to this is no but uh neither of you guys have played the game hacknet before have you uh i haven't but i know I, what it is i and think i, I have at but it. I, I don't I, that was a long time ago though yeah um like more more sort of like um in-depth cyberpunky hacking mechanics from that because like hacking in this game is literally just hit the space bar to go to your ai and then you click the button on the security camera no very... i have played i have played hacknut you convinced me to play it for a little while I, right. I didn't get very far but yeah uh but you know something like something maybe a, just a step more involved than like click on security camera to hack it like it's very accessible it makes a lot of intuitive sense but, and again, like, I don't know if this is something that crops up later in the game, but like, give me like a little mini game puzzle that I have nope. to like maneuver a thing through. And then like, oh, if I, if I, if the little dot like accidentally touches a wall, you know, the alarm goes off or something like <laughs> you're shaking your head. No, well, no, that no. gets old really fast with how many cameras are in there. Like in Fallout 4 or like Fallout 0, it's like that kind mm-hmm. of works because you don't, you're not coming across a terminal every like, you know, 10 times in a mission. But in this one, it's like you're hacking everything like almost everything and so yeah. that that mechanic would probably get stale pretty quick yeah which yeah you you're right about that but like more more options for things than i've encountered thus far in terms of like are there any like metal gear solid style cardboard boxes that i can hide in or like like <gasps> porno mags i can put down to distract the guards like <laughs> no, weird things like that's that. a great mechanic <sighs> Uh, there's, yeah, there's a number of different items in the, in the game. Um, but they're all, yeah. They're, and then they're definitely tiers as you'll like, you know, you'll play around with all of them and, and, uh, some of them are much, much, much better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, nothing quite like, like putting things on doors, for instance, especially once it gets upgraded, like there's something that requires your dude to have super high hacking level. But if you have that and you put a, a like this kind of like I or ID kind of, uh, you know, yeah. like, like it just like downs a whole, you can down like this one of the only AOE things in the game 
Yeah, and so that it's gets like five squares balanced. away from the door. Yeah, and so if you can cluster yeah. everyone up and have them all chase the one person, oh, you just, it's easy mode. Yeah. I mean, all of this just feels like we should probably uh, bump uh, Cogmind up on our list so that we can do some real <laughs> hacking. I mean, yeah, there's there's other games that that do stealth. There's other games that do hacking. Actually, I think this, like the other clay entertainment game that they developed, I think it came out before this, Mark of the Ninja. Such That's just like an amazingly good stealth game that I think has maybe a little bit more story hook to it. And I think that's that's kind of what I'm missing here is like, you know, what what does it mean to have different agents running around? What does it mean that like, oh, you know, I've I've unlocked, you know, this this thing, like how does that change story elements in the main game? Like if I go and like I augment some dude up to the max and he's just base effectively like a cyborg, you know, does that make him more vulnerable to the to the corporate guys that are hunting us or what yeah um, we get counter hacked yeah like it it seems like sterile is is too harsh of a word but it feels that there's it's it's like missing some kind of extra element of like okay like i have like decker and international running around through this uh like cyberpunk office uh office building like okay like what what does it mean that I'm doing that? And it might be fine that it's just like, yeah, we're just running in, having a good time, hacking some corporate safes and stealing their creds and zapping out. Uh, but like where I'm at in the game right now, I'm I'm kind of struggling to see like, okay, well, like what am I gearing up for? Like what's what's sort of the Obviously, end game here? You have to power the AI that's unplugged <laughs> and, you're, and your objective for over the eight or seven to nine missions or whatever it is, mm. like is to get enough resources so that you can win the final battle. And that's essentially all there is to it. There's no, this is no Metal Gear Solid. There isn't, there are big twists and turns and interesting like uh, uh, moments. No, it's just like a pretty straightforward, that's what you're doing. And like, I think it's fine if a game wants to be simple, like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just. Like the pineapple game. That one's good, simple Oh, well, it's not okay if it's that simple, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, okay, okay, I so but like, my, I all right, well, I have a question. I have a real question for you. Uh, so you, as one who has played this game the most, uh, are there different builds that yeah, you can have absolutely. for, not, not for a single person, but is there different like builds for a team? And that's very much it, like there's a, a lot of synergies between the um, hacking protocols that you get and um, and your team builds. And I tried um, a couple of different ones. I actually found that like for the most part, like uh, it doesn't really matter so long as you have at least one person focused on like getting energy. And I think International, I know they say that like, she's the base, like, but way overpowered. You know, that's like the character you get at the beginning. And it's just like, oh, yeah, the, she was extraordinarily good. The ability she can to hack sense, through walls. Yeah, she the ability to through... sense things through walls is just like, nothing beats that because mm -hmm. it's just Sensing things through walls. And then I had her, I, I had her fully upgraded and then had something else that if she was touching the terminal instead of mind hacking it from far away, like uh, there were times where we were like, oh, it is worth it for me to just literally not have her doing anything else but running around trying to hack these things because she can get nine mana points for yep. hacking this thing versus mm -hmm. everyone else gets one so and that's pretty much the strongest like unless you yeah unless you choose some like hacking protocols which uh downplay the need to have really like regenerative um like 
power, like then you can choose some other characters. But I think overall, like it's, yeah, just kind of like following the meta of like one really good hacker, one really good offense person that has lots of AP and can like attack maybe even multiple times per turn. Um, it doesn't matter like which one of the several people that are kind of teched out to do that. But I didn't really like the ones that like were specialized in the killing because mm -hmm. ammunition is like ridiculously expensive in this game versus <laughs> like just the stun just recharges itself. And so if you can just yeah. not shoot people, which is you get penalized for anyways, it just seems like that's just like a net negative. That, that That's a, yeah. if you suck at the game and you actually just, you're on constantly having someone point their gun at you and you don't know how to get out of it, then yeah, shooting them back is a way to do it, but just be better. I mean, that's the better strategy. Yeah, I did find it frustrating that like, you know, by, by no fault of the game, more user error on my part, I would get boxed into a certain situation and like, okay, I'm spotted now. And my only, like the only way that I can get out of it is to just like shoot the dude or die. <laughs> uh, because, you know, if you're spotted, you're basically pinned down. And if you try to run, they'll take like an opportunity attack against you. Uh, but like, yeah, I don't know. The, the, uh, okay. Here's a question that I never actually encountered. Like what happens if you advance the turn and they can see you and you don't move? Do they just shoot you anyway? Oh, okay. So it's it's basically you just have one turn and they either shoot you if you move or they shoot you if you if it gets back to their turn. And, but and the meta is to just have one med gel. Like you like eventually just having one as a backup is pretty much always a good idea. And that's what okay. you use to revive people, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and everyone uh, only has one hit point, so you get revived back to full health. Yeah, but like I mean, like if you if you can just try and keep all of your characters within one movement, that way if someone is spotted, <laughs> there's a chance you can come around and like hit them from another angle. And uh, obviously, just like thinking about it in advance is the best strategy because then you won't get surprised yeah. like that. Are you are you I, saying the optimal play is to not stun every guard and have like carry them throughout the level to the yeah. mission objective and then <laughs> drop them and run away as fast as you can <laughs> while you're at maximum alert? One by the time you do that. Yeah, you should get more points if you drag the the dead body or the excuse me stunned bodies to the teleporter and teleport them back to your main thing and hold them as Ooh. hostages. There you go. It's a very Metal Gear uh, Solid Five kind of. I did uh, on the there. last mission uh, of my the first playthrough. I did. I I left a guy. Um, so you can uh, pin. You, you pin, which basically like they when you knock someone out, you knock them out for three turns, and if you have someone standing on that body, it pins them, which stops that count from going down and which I, is weird like from a like a practical uh, point yeah of view. i don't know Does you're like, make them you're down like longer? putting them in a chokehold or something i don't know um but uh i did it uh, i i left a guy there to pin a guard and then i forgot about him until I, when the rest of my team were like <laughs> four moves away and he had to run across the whole map and i just had to hope that there weren't guards that had spawned or were moving around uh and uh yeah he made it but it was a, a close thing and turns out uh i was extraordinarily overpowered by that point because i am moderately good at tactical video games and i was on easy mode and by that point i had learned the mechanisms and i don't yeah it was just like well i thought i was good at tactical video games and then i was hitting that rewind button like almost every other turn <laughs> Because, like, my two zippy guys would just, like, run all the way across the other side of the map, and then, like, my one super slow guy would be, like, left behind, and he'd be on basically by body disposal duty. And then, like, 
have either of you run into a situation again this is most likely user error on my part but like you're running through a level and for the life of you you just can't seem to find that level one security card no matter how many guards you knock out and try to find i had that one mission like there's well, never a scenario say, or as a requirement. So you say you don't need it. The mission that I'm I'm not stuck on, but uh, I am still puzzling my way through, is like the, the whole level is is very long, and like the exit is on like one side, and there's just like a big long J of a path that goes to this blocked door, and I must have downed like two or three guards to get to that point, and they were all pinned. I'm like, okay, great. Uh, where the hell is that security card? uh where's the security card um 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 and it's just like the one red door that's blocking me or maybe not a j maybe like a humongous u where like the exits on the other side of that door or i could run like the entire length of the level all the way around and back because the guy who actually has the security card is like deeper down into the level that i didn't know like that i thought was was a little frustrating but again you know people who beat this game on like super expert plus plus mode you're like well obviously you're not supposed to do that <laughs> well that's, i mean that's the nature of the procedural general like sometimes you just have a shit roll yeah. like i just i saw someone posting for like a val the valheim uh like thing today where but they start spawn on the island with no trees and so they just like that had to do a restart it's just like yep that's just uh bad luck sometimes mm-hmm. and for the most part like the level generation in this game is pretty good like i yeah. think i can only count like one or two times like that time and maybe like one other time where i was like like boxed in again, like basically painted myself into a corner where, oh no, now like the guards are coming out and they're just like downing my my heroes one by one. And I'm like, oh, this game is terrible. It's definitely not my fault for getting into this situation in the first place. But this is on like super, super easy mode that I'm, you know, still getting myself like tricked into these positions in. So I I'm I'm almost gonna give it to the game's credit that like, you know you you can still have those kinds of situations and you have to be careful with your planning at every step it's very much very like a tactical with a capital t for where you place your guys making sure you peek through doors instead of opening them and sprinting through them willy-nilly and getting you know shot by security drones on the way through figuring out a way to lure the guards past so that you have them in the you know you're surprising them rather than them surprising you mm-hmm um the final so yeah i guess like the final boss for like xcom stuff you know you've been building out your your uh xcom soldiers and stuff for fighting uh what is it like a final final boss alien or series of aliens in that game it's like the super scion person oh right yeah the scion guy yeah i forgot that was a thing um spoil me for the ending to this game because I'm I'm kind of struggling at the moment of like should I finish this? I'm like I'm leaning towards yes, but you I don't know if it. like yeah, it's, I mean it's a fun, I, I, I'm gonna spoil, not having fun. I'm gonna spoil the level, but not the story finale. Hmm. Uh, so I'll spoil but, everything if you want, but <laughs> oh, but 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 will our dear listeners? Well, they can turn they can turn it off if they want to. No, no, no. Keep listening. Uh, Put more money in the in the dispenser. Yeah. Yes. We need your cred chips. Please, I need to buy another gumball. <laughs> I need to put the quarter in the gumball machine. Um, uh, so the final level is you have by you, you you after your somehow exactly that last mission. No matter how many missions it's been, is the one where you finally are able to triangulate everything. Uh, and you are heading to the corpo, the all, all the different corporations have teamed up and they've 
pool all of their supercomputers in one facility or whatever, and you get uh, the weapons dealer and the central controller lady come be on your side too. Hmm. So you have six agents instead of four, um, and you run through a somewhat larger nor- level than normal, and you have to run to a gate or like a, a terminal, hold off for what, five turns there? Yeah, and then so protect to, the person sort of like yeah, thing protect for- the person from this point and then gather all your people and run to or run to the next one yeah and, and then, that's then where and you, that you yeah the, the main that. person has to hack it and then she just goes through to the end basically yeah so and will you were talking well so there is dlc for this game i think it's just like oh, more more stuff to it but will i don't know if you had a chance to check that out i think you were talking about it before I decided not to go through and get it, I think. Because uh, it's, it's probably just like more agents and more like items, right? I, I I don't think that there's like what Colin was talking about, like, oh, the the alternate fork of the story that, oh, in this, in the DLC, it does, you know, you are the bad guys or something like that. Yeah, I don't think that more, like adding more to the same mechanics is not what I want. I want more mechanics. Hmm. And so... Uh, I yeah, decided not to because at this point, you know, because I did the Iron Man Expert Plus without taking any losses all the way through, I feel kind of like I've got this game pretty much figured out. Uh, and so this deeper endless missions can now go up past ten difficulty to twenty. Right, so. I can I could I could play until I eventually fail, but that just feels like a grind yeah. that like with no like I like to have a little bit of narrative like driving me on. Mm-hmm. I say that, but then again, I, I'm still playing Slate Aspire just because it's just such a great game overall. <laughs> but uh, so I don't know. It, it just wasn't quite compelling enough for me to, to continue on and want to do more. Ca- like even I have like what more if, like t- all the characters unlocked and like. But I'm what if like, I told I you? One. What if I told you that right now on Steam sale it's only one dollar and twenty four cents? I would rather uh, boot up a game that I know I like. Um, I kind of feel like I should just buy it so that if I play this game again a second run through, <laughs> I'd have that. Because that's a pretty. I actually at a dollar twenty four, I feel like it should just be included in the main game. Like, yeah, I mean, not enough. Point. That's not even enough money. Like, I'm assuming that Steam's just Steam's taking thirty percent of that, so they're not even making a whole dollar on that. Well, you rake it in from volume, though. That's the thing. Um, um, I think that we're obviously getting kickbacks, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, we're we're sponsored by yeah, I get that Steam sense. and Clay. Uh, yeah, I think like. This game, I think, would benefit pretty well from like a um, like an advanced edition, like we saw with, with FTL and upcoming uh, Into the Breach. With just like, I mean, th- those that has like more stuff, but it adds like Will was saying, like more more mechanics. Like it makes the the interplay between the the systems different and like more more of those systems. I think I think like that combined with like one or two more kind of like story hooks would be like super compelling um but i think this game like where it is and what it has with you know that comes out of the box totally good yeah definitely worth uh whatever i don't remember how, how much it was uh, yeah. cost but it was definitely worth it um and yeah. i have a certain rating i'm not really sure if we're ready for the ratings <laughs> but i have a rating no here. yeah uh yeah i was gonna wait, wait like, I, I again, it's one, on one sale thing, right though. now so it's five bucks so i want to ask one more thing five bucks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh this was a, a particular mechanic that was unique to this game um that i was I'm, i was unsure about but I, I have a pretty strong feeling about it now but like predict movement as a a, a game element 
the ability to click on a, a an enemy unit. And then because you have this artificial intelligence on your team, you're able to employ it to predict where that person is going to walk during their turn. And I thought, you know, like, well, that's kind of interesting, but like, first of all, it's, it's hundred percent accurate. Okay. I get it. This is a fantasy <laughs> world or whatever. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, as, as data science, like, what the heck? There's, there's no way, but uh, did it help the game? Did it like, cause it, it feels like if, if their movement was unknown, you'd have to be more cautious. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you know where they're moving and you're like, Oh, they're going to move in my room and I can just sit here or like on, you know, on overwatch and just yeah. get them. Like the fact that, that do. the fact that it's the same, like, so you're playing on super, super expert plus plus difficulty mode. And it was just like, that's the same predict movement as the easy one where it just shows you the little dotted arrow on the floor, right? Right. What I would imagine for super expert mode is A, not being able to predict their movement or like having it be a lot more subtle or B, like you're kind of talking about with this um, probability aspect, like show with like a grid on the floor of like, you know, they're going to like next turn, they're definitely going to move here. The Ooh. next turn, it's like a 50% chance they're going to move here or here. Well, that's a clever mechanic right oh, Wait, wait, let me add on to this. So it, it costs one power or does it cost one? It costs one AP. It costs one AP. AP. And so if you got more say, AP in, you can points, put yeah. more compute. I would say that it'd be like you click, you click once, it gives you the probability distribution and you can keep clicking and it'll narrow. <laughs> oh my God. That's, so you can, that's a good one. You can trade action points. Basically you're observing them for longer and it narrows in your, your ability to predict where you're going to be. Like that actually feels like a, I, I, I'm a big fan of those like push your luck mm-hmm. or spend resources to make your luck more certain kind of things. Yeah, that's that's the only mechanic that made it possible for me to have like the the downless sort of runs that were it's just like yep, because a lot of time you're just sitting and waiting anyways, and so it's just like you've got a bunch of action points to spend at the end. It's just like hey, let me just predict everyone's movement, and then I don't have to take any chances. Right. Yeah. You end up you started with nine points, and you have like three left, and you're like, well, I guess I'll just watch them for a bit. Especially because you can hijack once you hijack all the cameras, which is or like most of the cameras, you have you have visibility of everyone. And so the person that's like waiting a turn for you to hack this like terminal can spend all the nine of their action points just like predicting everyone's movement. And so, do you yeah, think it was- should be maybe not the person? It should be the the, the Overwatch AI that's mm, predicting. That would make more sense thematically, I think. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense that a person is spending their action points to like. Or to maybe, or, or maybe it's it's one or the other. Like if it's the cameras that are giving you visibility, then yeah. you can use the the power. If not, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, Will kick us off with rankings. All right. Well, um, on my ten point scale, one to ten, I give this game an eight. Uh, and an eight is the highest of all the games we've played. Uh, and, uh, I, I think this is genuinely a great game. I, I think it's not, it's not an XCOM, but it's got its own flavor. Uh, it's got a lot of really in- interesting narrative. Um, I, I do like a lot of these, these mechanics, like the predict movements. I like the, that it's not 95% chance at point blank to shoot an enemy like XCOM. And then you miss them and you just pull <laughs> your hair out. Cause you're like, I want to show first time. It's like, everything is guaranteed. And so it feels a lot tighter in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the content and the lack of mechanic interplay beyond just some kind of basic mixing of things and basic synergies is what's keeping it from the higher echelons um but yeah definitely love the art style um i like the overall narrative and the, and the theme and so um yeah eight out of ten for me which uh, like i said that's number one out of all the games we played 
For me, yeah, I think I'm in a similar boat. Uh, this is like on my one to 10, this is an 8.5 for me, uh, despite not having gotten as far through it. Uh, that puts it just ahead of Dungeons of Dreadmore and just behind Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Um, for you, well, I think it's it's just above Binding of Isaac. But yeah, I think like it's this a super solid game. Love the art style. It seems like every game in uh, that's designed by Clay, uh, like everyone has like cheekbones that could cut glass, uh, <laughs> yeah. which I think that that art style is really kind of fun. Um, but yeah, like definitely like, you know, you nailed it. Uh, has its own kind of, vibe and flavor and theme to it i really like the stealth mechanics i just wish there was like there's more it's like it's missing like that extra little bit of like salt or pepper like spicing in there to just get the flavors like perfect like it's so close but it's it's not like perfect perfect but it's still like super solid if you've had any kind of like interest in this game i think you would be be well suited to pick it up and play it uh, so for me, this is the my number two game from the ones that we've played so far. I liked it a lot. Um, I would say that a, if we're going with a spice flavor type analogy, I would disagree that it didn't have the right spice. I would say that it's like something that's, it's like, you know, it, it's like a weird beer, like a peanut butter chocolate stout <laughs> or uh, one of those like really crazy like sour beers where you mm -hmm. have like, half a glass of it and you're like wow this is great and then you're like getting near the bottom of that glass and you're like yeah that was a pretty good thing and you're like i would not want to have another one though i i think one is the perfect amount um it felt like it was a perfect bite size like i played it for 5.3 hours to get through one the first playthrough i am not 100 convinced i will play through again on the expert difficulty uh, because I don't know if there's a second bite in me. Um, well, you got the challenge is: can you do it? Are you good enough, or do you suck? <laughs> no, I hate challenge though. What? I hate hard. Which is I why mean, you're talking, I, I guess you're talking to the Ascension Twenty guy because I have to do it because the challenge is there, and so that's why yeah. Expert Plus. But that's the only reason I kept around for the I think 22 and a half hours or something. I mean, I probably will. I, I probably will try it again. But I that's that's the second half of the pint glass. I've had the first clap of the uh, chocolate peanut butter stout and I'm like, dang, that was delicious. I'll probably finish this beer and not get another one versus something like XCOM is like, uh, it's not as good necessarily for that first. Um, like I thought the I thought this was like a really crystallized experience that might not continue to have that much depth going forward. So. And actually, like, if if people are sort of intimidated by the length of a normal XCOM game, this might be, like, a better yeah. a better bite-size XCOM of, like, oh, well, I don't really want to spend, like, 35 hours beating one campaign of XCOM. I'll just yeah. spend, like, six to seven to beat this. And, and there's get... nothing worse than being, like, 30 hours into XCOM and, like, oh, no, all my good people died. I hate, I hate save scumming. Mm -hmm. But I'm not gonna start from the scratch, so I have to. I have to have backup saves. I won't do Iron Man because, like, I I, I don't want to. I I won't restart thirty hours in. I'm gonna start five week. hours in, but not thirty. Mm -hmm. And I put okay. seventy. I I checked. I put seventy two hours into XCOM, so obviously I spent enough time that I I liked that game too. That's like a that's a XCOM or XCOM two. 
Uh, I put like three hours of XCOM 2. I never really played it. Yeah, it's 77 um, and 74. Okay, so 100. Uh, XCOM is a uh, is is an all day IPA. You know, drink that <laughs> drink that uh, drink that all day on a nice nice summer day. The first one goes down pretty good, and the sixth one goes down pretty good. Like eight hours later, <laughs> I've been playing XCOM for eight hours straight. Well, I promised that we had had something fun and special uh, today, and I'm going to post you? it in the in the Discord here. Uh, we have our first letter from a listener. Yay! Uh, we Whoa. have a letter uh, that reads, Greetings, GrogPod crew. Uh, gone around to listening to your podcast and the episodes of 2022 after you mentioned it in the uh, Roguelikes uh, subreddit thread, quote, I miss Roguelike Radio, another good program that you should definitely check out. Uh, so some questions that might be worth answering. Who are the hosts? Who is Scott, Will, and Colin? How long have you guys been playing roguelike games or games somewhat related to them, including the likes of Diablo or Dwarf Fortress here? Are you guys casual gamers, hardcore gamers, those few who have ascended to some of the harder traditional roguelikes, i.e. Three Rune Win and Dungeon Crawl Sone Soup? Those who go above and beyond the simple ascensions, 15 Rune Win? Are you just players of the genre or have you had a hand in game development for roguelike games or any game development period? Is there anything else relevant in your backgrounds that leans into roguelikes? Um, I realize you did a, qu a quick sort of intro into your channel in the first episode, but it's probably a good time to start covering who you guys are and where you guys might be approaching this podcast from. And that's from, and I asked for a pronunciation guide on this uh, and I got signed off to say Davian Fuxa. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was just I could do it. F U X A. Yes. Uh, so it's probably Fuchsia or something very, very pleasantly sounding. Um, who is the group officer for the Steam Roguelike group and has a YouTube channel that I'm, I'm just going to say it Defuxa plays uh, because that's funnier. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks for writing in uh, to the podcast, Damien. Really appreciate it. Um, where do we? Where do we? stand with roguelikes we kind of talked about this in the first episode a little bit um we my... go listen to that episode because we weren't <laughs> as good at it yet. yeah like all all good podcast you know first podcast episodes it's always the best one right um yeah but yeah i think like our background in roguelikes um for me kind of came to it through the door fortress angle and you know debatably through games that have roguey elements in them um, I think we're we're all uh, Diablo heads to some degree, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I don't think what these are definitely like stay tuned episodes for things like Net Net Hack and Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup. But um, but yeah, like th this podcast I think was a a way to kind of poke us and prod us to play games uh, in the roguelike genre that we have played in the past before and enjoyed, um, but also kind of like branch out into those new areas that we haven't kind of really explored at all. So things like Dungeons of Dreadmore, for example, uh, I think was a, a good way to kind of get us like into that sort of classic realm. Um, are we casual, hardcore? Um, I would say for me, I don't know, like, like what is casual or hardcore? Uh, the fact that, you know, the normal person out there probably wouldn't jump at the opportunity to, to play Dwarf Fortress for hours on end, but you know, given how many Steam sales it had recently, maybe it's more of a mainstream opinion than I thought. Um, what about you guys? So, so we have we have some questions. So, 
Um, are you guys hardcore or casual in terms of roguelikes? Uh, have you had a hand in game development or any game development period? Uh, and yeah, what what is there what is there about your background that kind of leans into the roguelike element? Oh, if I could take this one first, because yes. my immediate my immediate re reaction is hardcore to like maximum. Like I'm I'm someone who, uh, I uh, you know a, a data scientist over here. Like I got in touch with uh, the that uh, what was it Spire Logs I believe it was the creator of that website to try and figure out like which what are the tiers of um, the relics and all that stuff. And this is for again I keep coming back to this latest Spire, but I imported that data set it's all json and basically did like a clustering of the different uh uh, uh decks and index on ascension 20 uh, of the winning hand of the winning uh, uh decks to figure out like what are the different archetypes of the good decks and like which to which like what to what degree do each of the cards fit into each of the different archetypes to try and better answer the question at like, each point of the game, like what is the best decision? So I got super into like that. Rim World's another one where there's like this, like, you know, create your, you know, you're supposed to choose your own character, or create your character. I went in and imported every single one of the backstories <laughs> of the childhood and adult to figure out the best possible combinations and combine that into like kind of a theory of that. And I think that was something that was posted to, to Reddit that like is still used today. I go onto that spreadsheet that I, I shared and like it's still something that's out there so i'm super into that stuff uh, in terms of game development right now i'm making a game um this is this is something that is um more of a gamification of of life sort of a thing is meant to address willpower but i've got a whole fun theory that i built outside of roguelikes in general like i think i'm i'm mostly at my core interested in answering the question what is fun and how does it work and i have a whole theory that would be like its own like separate thing that would take hours to describe but like I, I analyzed a lot of games and I've thought a lot about this stuff. And I think I've got pretty good foundation of being able to describe what causes fun. And I, there's some theories out there. There's the Octalysis framework. There's all these other ways of thinking about it. But I think, I think, uh, I don't know. That's, that's my dream is someday to like write, publish some work on this stuff. But like, I'm, I'm super into this and gaming has been a huge part of my life since I was young. Um, I'm not sure if we mentioned this before, but I remember I got, I was at one point uh, grounded from using my computer. So I had to have Colin come over to play Morrowind <laughs> on the computer so that, so that I could have the experience of Morrowind <laughs> that I was banned from. I just, I was. He wouldn't play it. He would just watch it. Right, exactly. While I, had to I get played her. it. <laughs> he had to get fix. Starcraft, all that stuff. Halo growing up. I was just been uh, into games since, uh, uh, mm -hmm. you know, even, even back in the NES days. And so I, that's just something about who I am. That was a long-winded story there. Sorry about that, but uh, I get into this stuff. And I would say that I am, uh, as in all things in life, exactly in that middle ground. I am neither hardcore nor casual gamer. Uh, I have not played a particularly large amount of roguelikes before, um, but I am deeply interested in story generators, procedural generation, um, I might be maybe somewhat skeptical on procedural gener generation as the in 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 its ability to create compelling gameplay, but I want it to work so bad that I'm willing to keep looking at every game until I find that one that does it. Um, and yeah, I'm mostly just along for the ride, having a good time. Uh, and, and also, I, I'm I just like uh, I, I mean I I'm friends with Scott and Will in. The real world. So what? No, I, I'm, I'm here as, as a, a video game book club. I just want to play some, some games with my friends, and it's, uh, it's, it's fun to have a theme 
and roguelikes are a interesting view into a, a lens of a type of game that I, I haven't played quite as much and uh, they're uh, easy to start and you can run through a lot of them very quickly or you could dive so, so, so deep into any individual one if, if it caught your fancy. So um, I'm, I'm into either extreme really. Cool. Well, thanks for writing into the uh, to the show, Davian. Um, if you too would like to have uh, your letters that aren't uh, blatant advertisements that I haven't read on the podcast so far uh, sent to sent into the show, you can reach us at grogpodzone at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Mastodon, like everyone else, uh, at grogpod at gamedev.place. We're going to make it happen. We're going to get there. We're going to get 50 people up on Mastodon. You just wait. Uh, including and, me someday maybe <laughs> uh until they put quote tweets in there and then it'll all go to shit um and uh our, our website where you can find all that stuff in one neatly packaged little central hub at grogpod.zone uh for our website but before we go we have to we have to play a roguelike roulette or in this case a roguelike coin flip for our next episode because of our uh of our randomly selected options that we have to pick from next week. Uh, these were these were three games that I like could easily see myself like dumping a zillion hours into each. So this is kind of like, for me, like I'm happy with any of the results that come from it, but uh, our options for, for our next episode being Rift Wizard, Dicey Dungeons, or Stacklands, all of which, you know, we'll go back into the hopper for selection next time, but uh when i saw the you know the google sheet shoot those out, i was like oh, yes finally so you know i think we kind of landed on it either being rift wizard or stacklands we had sort of a split decision so colin well i have to have... say like Dice, dicey dungeons though i only ruled that one out because i've already played like it to its <laughs> maximum and max everything out i'm like oh i can't i mean i can talk about it but i won't have a fun game to play mm -hmm. but colin you have our I deciding have, factor don't you i have a coin uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna say rift wizards is heads mm -hmm. and, and Stacklands uh, is tails Stacklands is tails so i'm gonna flip okay. this coin here uh it looks like we're doing Stacklands, baby okay yes. <laughs> i'm glad that nobody can actually see the result in college <laughs> yes it looks like a, a giant metal pancake flipping through the air yeah <laughs> it really does i did have to like look at this coin and try and remember which one was heads and which one was tails but i do swear it was tails um awesome we'll play with i i i, I like the look of risk the rift <laughs> wizard uh so i definitely want to put that one back in the hopper i want to play it again someday yeah so sweet so uh yeah we'll uh we'll see you guys next time for some stack lands we're stacking it up stacking up those silver dollar pancake coins and we're going to be flipping around for a good time next time cool, cool. thanks for tuning in